Hello and welcome to Out and About in Malawians. I'm your host, Jeremy Barker. As part of my job as a member of the Scottish Parliament, I get to travel around Malawians, meeting interesting people and hearing about how the companies, charities and projects that they work for benefit and contribute to our community. On this podcast, I will share their stories. On today's episode, I'm excited to be talking to Peter Dornan, who is the General Manager at the Norton House Hotel. Well, thank you, Peter, for having us at this wonderful hotel. Um, the, tell us a wee bit about the Norton House, a wee bit about its history, how, how it has evolved into a hotel. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, the records show it was first built back in 1840, the main house, uh, and was uh, built by the Usher family, who uh, obviously became famous for brewing and many things, um, and I believe were also major contributors to the Usher Hall. Um, but back then they were whiskey uh, merchants. Um, it probably became a hotel back in, I believe, the 60s and uh, then was owned by a number of people, uh, some of which were famous, but I won't mention them. Um, and then my company bought it back in 1999, uh, added on 32 rooms. So it's now 83 rooms built on a luxury spa, health club, uh, more conference and banqueting facilities. So. Um, as it is today, we have 13 meeting rooms, a health club and spa, 83 bedrooms, and 100 acres of uh, wonderful meadows and fields very close to the centre of Edinburgh. Yeah, and, and obviously, for most of the people listening, they, they probably know who you are, but just geographically, where are you located? You're close to the city centre, but you're also close to something else. Yeah, obviously, we are two fields away technically from Edinburgh Airport, uh, so just out here at Newbridge, so again, major convergences of the two major motorways in Scotland, uh, easy to get to from Glasgow and also uh, Stirling, and um, yeah, perfectly located for all, really. And obviously, we'll come back to in a few minutes, you know, what happened in the last two and a half years, but, you know, where are we today? You know, what, what, what from your experience, are things looking like in regard to recovery is it happening do you feel a change even in the last few weeks months Um, it has certainly bounced back Um, it's achieving all of our expectations and and budgeted assumptions for this year Uh, we have a very uh, strong business within the wedding market and a number of weddings that were postponed from the last two years have have taken place this year which is great to see so that's made us nice and busy uh, and looking after many couples who have waited two years to, for their special day. So, you know, the, we have um, recovered quickly and uh, the future is looking uh, in some areas of business. <laughs> some, some areas of our business are looking stronger for the years ahead. Um, but obviously we've now got this current concern over cost of living so obviously people's discretionary spending on maybe hotel stays family events may be a little bit suppressed going forward but we'll wait and see on that and obviously we hear a lot about um employment people finding jobs maybe not enough people coming into this sector particularly in tourism is that something that you are facing is it something that you, you know you're hearing about from other people within the, within the sector Yes, um, recruitment is a challenge. Uh, if if one of the team leave, it is a lot harder now to replace them. Uh, so we we are investing a lot more time um, in making sure that we retain our teams and 
and that brings with it different uh, scenarios whether we're uh, rewarding them differently got different incentive programs to help them keep pace with in, uh, inflation and cost of living um, my workforce here in particular in this hotel was very much local um, so again uh, for other colleagues who might have had a workforce who lived in who maybe lived further away i think they've still struggled to get people to relocate and, and move to their living accommodation um, but yeah it's recruitment is now an ongoing challenge uh, and interestingly as we are entering the festival season here in edinburgh uh, one of the conversations that is happening around the city is are we over tourists have we got too many people coming are we got capacity now obviously you're slightly outside the city center yeah. so don't face those issues but i suppose can you paint us what is the positive of having people coming into them what what's the positivity for the city about being a place that people want to come whether from far afield but also maybe from closer by as well sure i mean obviously there, there is always that time of year where if you live in edinburgh you feel congested by uh, the doubling of the population i think they say it happens in august um but i mean it's still an amazing city to enjoy the vibrancy of the festivals and, and have that cachet to say, look at all the wonderful things Edinburgh does throughout the year. Maybe it'd be nice to spread it out over 12 months rather than consolidating it over three, but we still have to contend with the wonderful Scottish weather. So, you know, as much as we would love to have maybe the military tattoo in January up at the Esplanade, uh, clearly that wouldn't work because uh, of the weather. So I, I, I feel for those who live and love Edinburgh, um, but you know, we, we still have the city all year round rather than those who have to visit it quickly, maybe for a week's holiday. So obviously in the pandemic, like many businesses, you, you pretty well had to change completely, if not close. But I remember coming out. That is my last alarm clock. You, you are Mr. Popular today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I remember, um, coming out and, and, and talking to you just as we were coming slowly out of the first pandemic. And I was amazed by what the models you'd come up with. Can you just tell us a wee bit about what that period meant for you yeah. and what you did to kind of at least mitigate some of the, yeah. the difficulties? I suppose the, the, the two main things, we, we embraced our local community. Uh, sometimes hotels such as Norton uh, may create a bit of a threshold barrier with nice driveways and big signage saying, we do, you can't go up there unless you're staying in the hotel so we made it very clear that our grounds and, and land were in, there for all of our local residents to enjoy with their family and children uh, or, and, and pets because no one else was able to stay here so and you couldn't leave your health board district um, and we resurrected a, a shed that we used for a, a themed Christmas party night a number of years before and turned it into a bothy so we were doing basically takeaways teas coffees bacon rolls uh, from the front of the hotel um, when we were allowed to do takeaways and uh, enjoyed a, a massive following from our local community. Um, added to that, we started doing takeaways, restaurant quality food. Uh, much of the takeaway wasn't uh, cooked and ready to eat. It was actually, we were preparing it so you could then roast it or grill it or cook it at home. Uh, the first Christmas we did uh, over 80 Christmas day lunches that were sold in boxes all the vegetables turkey and everything were prepared with cooking instructions so um, and some of those things we've retained uh, our afternoon teas that we're famous for again the mother's days the father's days that occurred during lockdown uh, we serve more covers on a takeaway basis than we normally do 
on a normal year in-house. So um, yeah, some innovation uh, took place um, and kept us all going and kept the team that were retained to look after the hotel, which obviously was predominantly empty, um, kept us all enthused and something to do, as well as doing a lot of painting, um, which <laughs> we were able to do just to occupy the time. Um, I mean, the other market that also arrived to us, elite sports teams, uh, were also enabled or were still able to perform um, and we were perfectly set for them with the space we had and how our rooms worked that they could we could provide full COVID safety for them uh, so we had some uh, elite teams stay with us during lockdown while they went training up at the Orient Centre. Okay great and obviously you know there's going to be lots of lessons learned over the next number of years but as we come out of it and as you look back before we forget what do you think has changed um, and any lessons that you think, you know, if, if we would have never thought of that if it hadn't been for COVID? Yeah, um, I suppose one thing that's accelerated change uh, is, is how guests pay their stays or pay for things. Um, you know, we, we, we still used to handle quite a bit of cash, uh, certainly on functions. Uh, now it, it's, it's smart pay systems uh, are fully embedded and um, everyone seems to have adopted it. So we, we have a lot less cash going through tills now. It's all phones on terminals, um, so we, which is a good thing. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's probably one of the, the standouts. Mm. I mean, there's, I think we also thought a lot of things would change. Mm. Um, maybe people would have Zoom meetings mm. more than face-to-face -face meetings. Um, clearly, we made that work during COVID, but I think we're human beings. We, we like to have face-to-face -face meetings. So whilst we assumed there would be a reduction and a slow return to that market of meeting face-to-face, -face, uh, that hasn't really occurred. I think people are keen, now it's safe to do so. Um, yeah, they, they, they want to have meetings again face-to-face. -face. Um, and, and maybe have a different purpose. You know, they certainly enjoy the outdoors a bit more. Um, they'll take coffee breaks and want alfresco dining. Uh, and our, you know, anything that's got fresh air in it uh, also seems to be more on the agenda uh, as well as I think when they do bring their colleagues back together after maybe two years of not having meetings um, making it purposeful that it's as much for your own mental well-being to catch up with friends so it's not all business agenda there is actually some time to reconnect. So how does one end up being the manager of such a a beautiful hotel. Tell us a wee bit about, about yourself, okay. if that's okay. Um, I suppose my, 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 I got into the hospitality and hotel business uh, really through a passion of golf. Um, I, I played golf as a young boy when I was nine years old um, and my pocket money didn't sustain the amount of golf balls I lost. So uh, later in my teens, I got a job washing up in a restaurant where I grew up um, and then decided to become a chef. Went to college and was fortunate to join a wonderful hotel in Croydon, um, became a trainee there, worked through every department, uh, I suppose an apprenticeship kind of system, uh, was there for six years and then my career moved from there. In that six years I spent some time working in South Africa or in Swaziland in particular as an exchange scheme. So my career has taken me, I've been to China, America, South America, Africa, um, as well as uh, moving to Scotland personally with my family 22 years ago um, and went to work after leaving the hotel in Croydon, went to Birmingham, um, then spent time in the West Midlands, then joined Whitbread uh, who 
with a company that brought me to Scotland with a what was then the Royal Scot for those yeah. who are local, uh, now the Edinburgh Marriott back in 2002 when it converted and I was there for 17 years and then joined this lovely hotel five years ago in 2017. So, so is a career you would recommend? I mean, if, you're, if some of our listeners will be thinking, yeah. I've got children, is it a career that you would recommend people to do? Is it something that has a you know, structure within it? Yeah. I, I would recommend it for anyone who wants to travel and have some freedom um, to do things, okay, it's it's renowned for not being the highest paid job career. Uh, however, it's massively rewarding in many other areas. Um, it can provide you flexibility of your working hours as your life changes. Um, you know, you can do early's, late's, middles. You know, it, it's like a small village, a hotel. There, there's a job 24 hours a day in a hotel. Um, and many people find their way into it. Either it's their second job, they're doing it of an evening after their primary job, or they're doing it as they study. And some after their study decide actually hospitality is now in their blood. Um, so you, you can get as much out of it as you want to put into it. But yes, you are going to work when maybe some of your friends are socialising, you catch up with them after the parties uh, started. Um, but you, you meet so many amazing people and learn a lot about yourself and, and other things. So it's fulfilling in that respect. Um, as far as my recommendation to anyone who thinks about it, uh, go and work for a good employer that has development plans, um, maybe work for some international companies that can give you that. If you want to travel, they, they can give you those platforms. Um, but learn skills, you know, learn something that your pals don't know about. And you know, even if it's as simple as how to serve a classic bottle of red wine uh, or folding napkins in a certain way, you know, they're all little skills. They're, they're things that just teach you a bit of discipline. Excellent. Uh, uh, this is a difficult question. Uh, 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 is that if you had a silver ball and you could look ahead to see where you think the leisure industry, the hotel, tourism industry was going to go over the next five years, do you think it's a positive model? Do you think it's something both externally and internally that is going to grow more? I think. Um it, it may have a little bit of flatlining over the next six to 12 months as, as we adjust, the world adjusts and the economy adjusts. Um, I think the future is very much, you need to drive experiences, uh, certainly for anyone staying in a hotel or coming to a restaurant or an event, um, you, you've got to innovate and be creative and give them something more than just food and drink. Um, a little element of storytelling, you know, we have a great history in this hotel that we can share. So. It's, it's giving guests an experience. That's really what we now need to do. Um, so gaining knowledge and experience of your local market, again, whether it's the food you produce, where it comes from, all that provenance, all becomes part of the experience and will sustain tourism going forward. Uh, definitely for us here in Scotland, we have the natural history of our country uh, and monuments that will always attract people, but it's what you can add to it during that stay is important for us. I'm a question I always finish with is my uh, uh, your wish list, my 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 wand. You know, if if you could grant your couple of wishes, maybe short term or medium term, what what would it be for you? Um, I, I suppose the most predominant predominant thing now is uh, access to a um, workforce who who um, yeah, just that anxiety if someone leaves, you know, it's going to be quite some time before you've got someone started. And then there's a large amount of training. So um, 
being able to access a, a, a dynamic workforce would be wonderful. Um, and then ultimately just having a steady flow of customers and visitors who want to come and visit Scotland. So uh, obviously we've got a sustainability uh, focus as well in the future of how customers can arrive here in the in, you know, in, in a safe and sustainable way. Um, but again, through innovation, that's the other thing is how we can deliver tourism, but in a green uh, environmental fashion. Peter, thank you. I know you're a busy man, so thank you very much for your time. And uh, yep. thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. It was great to hear from Peter. It's been interesting to hear about the hotel and how the sector is bouncing back. We'll put a link to the website in the show notes and you can go and find out more. Thank you for listening to Out and About in Malovians and I look forward to catching up with you next time. <laughs>